Let me just open with a word of prayer, and then we're going to continue the study on parables, the only way he taught them. Um, we're going to continue with another two parables, actually, um, this morning here. But just just pray with me right now. Lord, we come to you again, and we just ask that you would continue to work in our hearts. We've been worshiping you, and we've been allowing our minds to be stimulated by someone else's uh, story, their testimony, and it makes us think about, God, what you're doing in our life and how you're leading us. And um, I, I just pray that you will continue to work in our, our midst right now. I pray that you will work through this parable or these two parables that we look at this morning. Give us um, eyes and ears um, that are receptive. Eyes that see what you want us to see and ears that hear what you want us to hear. And the unfortunate thing is we can come face to face with truth and totally miss it. God, may that not be us today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Imagine with me that your house or your place of residence, wherever that is, um, goes up in flames. And you are given a brief moment, whatever that time is, I don't know if it's a minute or two or three or four or five, five if you're really lucky. Imagine that everything that you own is just gone up into flames, but you have a brief moment to go and snag one or two things. And I, I want to hear from you. What would you choose? What would you grab hold of? What would you take away and make sure I want that with me? What, what comes to your mind? You shout it out. What would you grab? Ron, I think you said a laptop. Laptop, that has got the important information on it, okay? What would we do without our technology, right? What else would you gather? Ava. Photo albums of family. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of value in that. Doreen, what would you grab? Cell phone. Hey, that's right. That's, that's the true technology there. Like everything is on the cell phone now, right? I, I need my cell phone. If it's not already on me, right? Right before I came up to preach, I gave my wife my cell phone because I didn't want to be distracted by it. But it, so often our cell phones are on us. And so I was like, here, take this. And I made sure it was silenced, you know. Okay, good. What else would you, Pat, what would you gra uh, grab? <laughs> Gary, Pat, you would make sure, I got to make sure that, in your case, make sure my husband is, is with me. Okay, you'd grab Gary. And Gary, you'd probably make sure Pat's with you. Good, yeah, people. Okay, someone else, something that you would make sure that you have. Lori, what would you make sure? <laughs> Dave Ramsey, emergency cash envelopes. How many of you have done Dave Ramsey before? Raise the hands. We got to bring Dave Ramsey here. Okay, so uh, my wife and I, that's one of the best things that we did for our marriage. Back in 2003, we went through Dave Ramsey um, all 12 weeks or whatever it is of his course. Now, we don't do it to the T, but Dave Ramsey teaches you 
basic it, it's 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 basic stuff that we should know but as an american culture we don't we we don't we might know it but we sure don't live like live this way you spend less than you make and if you spend more than you make guaranteed trouble okay so the envelope system is what he says and that's why my wife and i never did this we didn't do the cash part um it, it was it was too hard for us, but we made sure that we would spend less than what we made. And so those envelopes are important because there's cash in there. And that's what Lori's getting at. Bring the cash out. We need the cash. Okay. Um, one or two more of you. What would you grab? Yeah, stay, uh, Janet. Okay, pets. How many of you are pets people? Okay. Oh, there's more pets people than there are Dave Ramsey people here. <laughs> okay, grab grab the the pets. Make sure you've got the got the pets. Is there one more or something that you'd grab? Yeah, Warren. Okay, a, a safe with all the important documents there. I heard one more over here. I know I said one more, but Martha, go for it. Yes, wallet, purse, with all of the important ID stuff. Yeah, good, good, yeah. All right, well, this morning, um, the two parables that we look at this morning or today here make us ask what our value system is. What is it that we really value? And I really want you this morning to, to consider that. What is it that you value in life? So, Lord willing, we're not going to have to deal with a fire. But, you know, who knows? Dave Ramsey says that every 10 years, it's guaranteed you are going to come under something that you were not expecting. Why? Because that's the nature of life. That's how life works. And so you better be prepared. Um but this, this causes us to think about what is it that we value? What would I go after? What do I really care about? And I think further, the two parables we look at this morning cause us to ask this question here. How important is my soul? How important is your soul? We put so much emphasis on, on exterior, on the body, but we, we must remember that we are more than flesh and bones. And, and this, as Paul calls it in Scripture, it's a tent. It's, it's going to be done away with. This body will not live on. The soul, my soul, your soul will live on. And Scripture makes it really clear it's in one of two locations. It's in heaven, the presence of God, or it's in a place we call hell separated from the presence of God. How important is our soul? I invite you this morning to take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 13. All right, if you've got a phone, turn it on and, and, and click on there. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to look at just three verses today. But in these three verses, there's two parables, two stories that Jesus told. Matthew thirteen forty four through 46. Jesus said these words, the kingdom of heaven, are you with me? The kingdom of heaven 
is like, now here's the parable, treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, here's the second one, the second parable. Again, the kingdom of heaven, are you with me? The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking or searching for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Those are the two parables there. Now, just rephrasing these parables a bit here. You've got Jesus is saying one is likened to a man who is, he kind of stumbles onto it. There's, there's a treasure and it's, it's in a field. But as he's probably working in this field, perhaps tilling the soil, he discovers a treasure, this great treasure. And it causes him to say, I will sell everything that I have. Everything I have. Can you imagine selling everything that you have? The car that you just drove out here in. Ready to get rid of it? Now, keep the clothes on your back, but go to your closet and take all those clothes and sell all of those clothes. Your house that you live in, your apartment, wherever your place of residence is, get rid of it. That's what this man is doing. Everything that he has, he is willing to get rid of it for the sake of that treasure. And then Jesus says the second one, there's a man who was searching for fine pearls. And when he finds the fine pearl, he is also willing to sell everything that he has. Why? Because he wants that pearl so desperately. He wants it with him. You notice in both of these parables... That Jesus says, the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, is like. Now, this summer we're going through parables. If you read the parables and you miss the kingdom of God, you got to go back and read the parables again. I told my wife as we were driving up here this morning, I said, please bring paper... Uh, Clothes, clothes uh, line, uh, what do you call those? Clothes pins. Clothes pins. She said, I will. Because we knew it was going to be windy. It's always windy up here. Um, but I forgot that I will need them too. <laughs> All right, this will work. The kingdom of God, again, if you, if, you read, if you read the parables and you miss the kingdom of God, then you miss a major piece of the parables because many of the parables that Jesus taught are about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? I'll be honest with you, and I know that some of you are biblically, um, you, you just have more knowledge than I do because you've been alive longer. 
I'm just going to tell you that for me, I, I'm still wrestling. I've been wrestling with this. What is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of heaven? Is it just simply salvation? Well, I, I got saved. I'm going to heaven. The kingdom of God is what is future. It's I will be in glory. That's the kingdom of God. Yes, in part. But, but there's more here. I, I think Jesus makes it clear that there's more here than just that. Why, why do I say there's more here? Because Jesus announced when he came and when he walked this earth, behold, the kingdom of God is here now. Like Jesus came. This is not just something that is future. The kingdom of God is here now. Jesus in his presence brought the kingdom of God. He ushered in the kingdom of God. When Jesus walked this earth, he introduced the kingdom of God, which is, I think, why Jesus healed the sick, cast out demons. It was a taste of the kingdom of God. Now, if there is a kingdom of God, there is also a kingdom that is not of God. And you can understand that these two kingdoms clash. They're at war with each other. We sense this. Our culture is not a culture of the kingdom of God. Our culture is growing in its mockery of the kingdom of God. They don't use that terminology. They don't talk kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. But you will notice this. At the word evangelical, which spells out a lot about who we are, is greatly mocked today. It is not popular to be an evangelical. Progressive liberals despise, and I don't think I am off by saying that, despise evangelicals. Why? Because in their mind, we hold to something that is archaic. Like, why would you listen to that? Why would you follow that? That, that's the mindset of our culture. And so Jesus came and he offered another way. And, and by the way, it's not just our American culture. In the days of Jesus, culture was very much opposed to the kingdom of God. But Jesus ushered in the kingdom of God. And again, he gave people a taste of what the kingdom of God is like. This is what the kingdom of God is like. And he taught them, this is the mindset. This is how you view life. And he, he brought healing to them. This is what the kingdom of God is like. But, but that was not the kingdom of God in full. Are you with me? You see, if that is all that the kingdom of God is, I think there's a number of people that might say, I don't need it. The kingdom of God is not fully here. There is more that is coming. Jesus brought, I believe, a taste of the kingdom of God. Why? He brought a taste of it because Jesus is the king of kings. And we follow him. And so when we submit our life to Jesus, we join the kingdom of God. Now, in these parables, Jesus is saying... The kingdom of God is like. Why does he do this? Because I think that the kingdom of God is hard for us to understand. 
And so he gives us in parables word pictures of what the kingdom of God is like. I wasn't sure how many children we would have here today, um, but I'm just curious, are there any children who would be willing to come up here and help look for a treasure? Um, Jackson, you were saying that you were open. Are you still open to it? Are you fine? Come on up here, Jackson. I just met Jackson. Um, this is the grandson of Dave and Sue Ann. Jackson, it's great having you here. I'm not sure if there's anyone else that wants to come. Ezzy, if you're interested, come on up. I've got some chocolate. If there's any other kids that want to come, then you can come. Yeah, if you're like, oh, change, I will do it. Okay, is there anyone else really quick? I'm not sure. It's, it's like age bracket. It's kind of, you're like, I don't know. But if you want some chocolate, I will tell you it's Hershey's and it's... <laughs> You might have to like, like the toothpaste tube, like squeeze it out, you know, that, that's, that might be the only way you're going to get it out. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, guys, there is, well, first off really quick, Ezzy, how old are you? Eight. Eight years old. Okay. Jackson, how old are you? Nine. Nine. Oh, you guys are really close in age. I love this. Okay. There is in this field and it's not beyond these people here, but there is, there's a treasure. Okay. Um, have you guys played the game before? where uh, maybe your parents might say, or your grandparents might say, you're hot, or you're getting warmer, or you're really cold. And if, if they say you're cold, it means you're really far from the treasure. But if they say, oh, you're getting warmer, that means you're getting closer to the treasure. Or if you're hot, that means you're really close to the treasure. We're going to try that here, okay? So I'm just going to tell you that you guys are kind of, you're kind of warm, Um Okay, but that means that you've got some walking to do to find that treasure. And it's somewhere out here in this field, okay? So you guys start walking around, and you can walk around together, or you can walk around separately. But you're looking for a treasure, and I'm not telling you what the treasure looks like, but I hope when you see it, okay, you're going to go, Jackson's going to go this way, okay? And you would be getting warmer if you do that. And as he's walking this way too, and as he's getting warmer, but now as he's getting a bit colder, but Jackson, you were getting you were getting warmer still. Now you're getting colder. By by going that way, you're getting colder. Ezzy was really hot for a moment, really hot for a moment. Okay, J- Jackson, you are you are really really hot. <laughs> getting colder that way. You just want the chocolate. You're like, I see chocolate. That's that's the treasure. The the Hershey's, right? It's got to be the Hershey's. <laughs> There's, there's another treasure besides, besides the chocolate. Keep looking in the ground. Look down at the ground. Oh. Oh. What, what is this here? Ezzy, let's have you turn around so that people can see. What, what is this? Do you guys know? Do you know what it is, Jackson? You can take a look here, too. Here, let's come in front here so that people can kind of see it. Yeah, there's a little note there, isn't there? Okay. Uh, to be honest, I have never even looked at this this note yet. I <laughs> I, I just received this here. Um, you guys have almost I'm I'm almost certain you have never heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Probably never heard of that. I have. You have? Smart man. Wow. Okay. Dead Sea Scrolls. You all have heard about the Dead Sea Scrolls, or many of you have heard about the Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay. Um. This is a replica. Replica is, that's a big word. It's like a copy. So it's not really the real thing, but there were Dead Sea Scrolls and they have been found. And you know what they're about? They write about the Bible. 
Like it's, it's, it's the Bible, it's scripture. And, and the amazing thing is that these Dead Sea Scrolls were just found. There, there's some that were, are you aware of this? That there were some that were just found, I think in March of this year, more Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, from I think I believe Habakkuk and Nahum I believe is what it was I can't I can't say that for sure but two portions and they're portions of Scripture and here's what I love and this is um, sidetrack here but but I love it that that they are basically almost identical to what we have so over two thousand years has Scripture changed no it's it's the same you guys found the treasure and in this case it was the Dead Sea Scrolls good job. Now, I've got some chocolate for you, um, some melted chocolate. I think if I go further down, it's not as melted. Um, you guys did a great job. You guys each get two. Thank you. You guys, give them a round of applause here for helping. Thank you, guys. All right. If anyone else needs some melted chocolate, there it is. All right. Okay. Um, let me find my notes here. What's that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go put it in the cooler. It might be better then. That'll be great. Thank you, Ava. All right. Um, this treasure here that these boys helped us find, you notice in the very first parable that, that Jesus says that a man basically stumbles on these, these, this treasure and he sells everything that he has. What causes someone to sell everything they have? Isn't it not that they find that treasure so valuable? Why in the world would you sell everything that you have? Only because you believe what's coming is of far greater value than what you already have. And I think that's a huge point here that, that Jesus makes. Um, In 2014, in Northern California, two people, I, think, I believe it was a husband and wife, were out walking their dog. And as they're walking their dog on the path, they came across the, the, just the, the tip of a tin can. And they thought, that's interesting. And I think being good citizens, they thought, Let's dig it up and throw it in the garbage can. And they dig it up. And do you know what they found in there? Gold coins. Gold coins. There ended up being more than just that one tin can. There were multiple tin cans. As they dug around there, they found multiple tin cans. The, the tin cans had gold coins which came from the California gold rush in San Francisco. And they were dated between, I forget exactly when I have it written down here, uh, 1847 and, and 1894. And these gold coins were valued at over $10 million. One of the gold coins alone was valued at over $1 million. Can you imagine that? You're, you're not looking for it. You're just walking your dog. And all of a sudden you find a, a, a tin can. And in there is 
gold from the California gold rush. And you, is this of any value? Oh, over $10 million. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. This, this man is in the field and he, he comes across a treasure and he says, that is so valuable that I'm going to bury this again. And if you're thinking that that seems really selfish, selfish or not, it was according to law, Jewish law, it was, um, it, it was okay. They were able to, um, well, not just Jewish, Jewish and Roman law, they were able to bury that and they could purchase the property again and it would then be theirs. So this man is willing to sell everything that he has so that he can go back and purchase this field and receive this treasure. Jesus mentioned as well that there's, there's a merchant who is looking for fine pearls. And he said if he found a pearl, would he not sell everything that he has so that he could have that, that pearl? Pearls today are, you know, not a lot of value, not, not tons of value, not as, not as much value. There was extreme value. And I'll tell you why. They were hard to find. If, a pers- if someone wanted a pearl and they didn't have the money to, to buy the pearl, they would have to actually go dive down looking for oysters, oysters in the, in the ocean, they have to dive down, but there was no scuba gear. There was no breathing apparatus that they could put on. It was simply hold your breath and dive down. And so those who were looking for pearls would actually tie weights onto their legs to pull them down and sink them to the bottom to dangerous depths so they could find oysters with pearls. And then they would, once they found them, they would release the ropes from their ankles and they would swim back up to the surface, hoping that they would not run out of breath. And, and many people would die in search of pearls. So it makes a bit more sense when Jesus is saying that, hey, it, it, the, these pearls were extremely valuable. And this merchant was looking, he was searching for, per, uh, for these pearls. And when he found it, again, he sold everything. What do we do with these two parables? How do we... What do we make of these parables? There's two, what I believe are obvious, glaring truths I see in both of these parables. May we not miss them. One, the kingdom of God is of great value. The kingdom of God is of great value. Don't allow our culture to rub off on us and make us second guess how valuable the kingdom of God really is. And it's not just our culture because my own human nature will do this as well. 
the longer I, I have been saved for many, many years. Like Warren, I got saved at a very young age. And so I have grown up in church. I love the church. I, I think that the word of encouragement this next week is going to be about that. I love the church. But, but there is, the, the more I am just in the church, the more I can become almost just oblivious to, to how wonderful the church is. And it's not just the church, it's oblivious to how wonderful the grace of God is. How wonderful the gift of salvation is. How wonderful forgiveness is from my sin. I, I don't have to live in anxiety in the sense of trying to carry the burden of sin. And anyone who thinks that they are not being burdened by sin is completely wrong. To not find forgiveness in Jesus just weighs us down all the more. Do we understand how great our salvation is? Do we understand how great the kingdom of God is? Do we understand how great the kingdom of heaven is that Jesus came and ushered in? Do we understand this? Do we understand God is not done with us? And there is so much more of the kingdom of God that is coming. This earth is not as beautiful as it is out here. This earth will pass away and God will usher in the kingdom of God in full. There is something greater coming. Do we understand how great it is? The second thing I say that to me is obvious from this, life with God in his kingdom is of such great value and that should lead us to ask this question, am I willing to let go of everything so that I have the treasure? Am I willing to let go of everything for the sake of the treasure? Or am I holding on? We hold on so tightly, don't we? We hold on so tightly. Why is it hard for us to imagine heaven and how wonderful it is? Because we are so rooted right here. The truth is sometimes we don't want heaven. We, we, we want it eventually. But we have made so much about this life. I cannot help but but see so clearly that in both of these parables, both of these men were willing to sell everything that they have for the sake of the treasure and for the sake of the pearl. They were willing to let go, release it all. Now, I, I, I want to be clear here. Salvation does not cost us anything. It is a completely free gift it is only by the grace of God. It's not anything that you or I could ever earn. So I don't believe that this parable is suggesting that, and I am not suggesting that. But when we truly value something, do we not prioritize our life around that which we value? Of course we do. Of course we do. If I value it, I will center everything around 
If I say that I value my wife, I will do what it takes to prove and show my love for her. So I'm not saying that we, that we buy the love of God, but are we willing to sell everything? Are we willing to release everything? God, this is yours. God, I give this to you. God, I, I, I want you for the sake of the treasure, for the sake of the pearl. I think our culture rubs off on us here. And, and we, we get so rooted right here. And we sometimes miss the true value. God, who he is, his kingdom, his way, his rule, his reign. And we bring a, a piece of that. And one day God will bring that in full. Do we value that? Jesus taught these two parables, I believe, wanting us to understand that the kingdom of God, if we're not seeking after it, we should be. If we are not prizing it as we, as needed, let's make changes and prize the kingdom of God because there is nothing more beautiful in all of the world than the kingdom of God. We ought to long for the kingdom of God. There is um, an old-ish song. It's not terribly old. But I was thinking about it this, this last week as I was preparing. And it, many of you know it probably. It goes like this. Knowing you, Jesus. Knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all, you're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness. And I love you, Lord. Do we truly love God? Do we truly love his kingdom? Is that what we care about? Is that what we are after? I... I trust that this parable prods us to seek first the kingdom of God and then trust that all these other things that we care about, God will take care of. These parables are about priority. Making sure that we are prioritizing that which God would have us prioritize. I close with Philippians 3, 7 and 8, which I really believe echoes these two parables here. Paul said, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, 
Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake, catch it, I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Why? That I might gain Christ. Are you seeking the treasure? Are you seeking the pearl? I trust, I trust that you are. I trust that you are seeking the kingdom of God first. Pray with me. Lord God, thank you for scripture. Thank you for how this parable of Jesus taught 2,000 years ago, but it continues to teach us today. Lord, I pray that if we recognize that our priorities have been skewed a bit, Lord, I just pray that we might align our priorities with you. God, it would be foolish for us to find great treasure. It would be foolish for us to find great pearls, but to believe that that which we already have is of greater importance and of value. But I also recognize that so often we live in that very way, where we believe that what we accumulate here, what our life is all about, the relationships we have, the possessions that we have, our status, our social status, these things are things that we pursue and they are of, 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 of some value. They are of some importance. But Father, I just pray that it will not keep us from seeing that which is of ultimate value. So God, for us as Kingwood Bible Church, may we seek first your kingdom and your righteousness trusting that you will take care of the rest. We love you. We thank you so much for the privilege it is for us to be here together today, to gather as the body of Christ out at the Dalkey Farm. Thank you for their hospitality. We love you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.